You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. We may have a battle on the floor. This is not about prom king. This is not about a pastor. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. We had better come together. The clerk is prepared to direct the reading clerk to call a roll anew. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. George Santos has perpetrated a complete and total fraud on our community. Do you have any statements to your constituents? Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Kevin McCarthy still does not have the votes. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics as the voting goes to extra ballots in the House without enough to close the deal for Speaker. And as we prepare for an apparent late night on Capitol Hill, we've assembled a special think tank for you tonight. Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano are here. Former Republican Congressman and White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney with us and Republican strategist Lisa Camuso-Miller to round out this hour and help make sense of a chaotic first day in the 118th Congress. It's happening as we speak. As we move on to the fourth round, Kevin McCarthy knew when he woke up this morning that he would not win the speaker's gavel on the first ballot. I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. That's before one single vote was even cast, holding a preemptive briefing, if you will, this morning, knowing the math got worse, not easier. Over the holiday, with Republican holdouts like Congressman Matt Gates of Florida growing in scale from five now to 20, 20 no's, no Kevin, and McCarthy was happy to call him out. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes if I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first. And he got his moment shortly after the 118th Congress was called to order. New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Madam Clerk, as the chair of the Republican Conference, it is my high honor to present our conference's nominee for election to the office of Speaker of the People's House, the Honorable Kevin McCarthy from the state of California. And I yield back. But it was not to pass. 
McCarthy did not get the vote. So for the first time in a hundred years, well, here's the clerk. Following the procedure used by the House in 1923 and recorded in Canon's precedent, volume six, section 24, the clerk is prepared to direct the reading clerk to call a roll anew. Calling the roll anew. And for the first time since 1923, it has not ended since. This continues as we speak. This is live sound from the House chamber. You want to come in? Come on in. Crowded in here. Doesn't want anyone to leave, of course. And we have been told to prepare for a late night or an early morning. So let's get into it right now with Laura Davison, Bloomberg Congress reporter, who's been up there in the thick of this all day long, just for a quick table setter before we bring in the panel. Laura, you've been great today. I appreciate your coming back to talk to us. How many rounds can Kevin McCarthy squeeze out of this thing before this session comes to a close or an adjournment? That's really the question. You know, there's some members have been coming off the floor saying they think that um, Republicans might uh, adjourn now and go into the basement of the Capitol to huddle to talk this out behind closed doors. Um, there's also um, a, you know, a moderate Republican, Dan Crenshaw, who came off the House floor saying that he might uh, be interested in cutting a deal with Democrats, of finding someone that would be uh, palatable to Democrats as well as a handful of moderates. They could get uh, 218 votes to beat Kevin McCarthy. So lots of things on the table. People are really starting to get creative. Boy, that tells you a lot about where we are here, uh, Laura. This could be an all-nighter, right? And, and I, I ask you that knowing that Kevin McCarthy's been losing votes as he goes here. Yes, on the first two ballots, he, he had 19 people vote against him, 19 Republicans, that is, this last vote, uh, 20 uh, people uh, who voted against him. So things are getting worse for Kevin McCarthy, not better at this point. Incredible. Uh, keep us posted on what you learned, Laura. Again, Laura, great work. Laura Davison from Bloomberg, part of our Congress team, all fully deployed on Capitol Hill tonight. And uh, I'm guessing it was a bagged lunch, bagged dinner kind of a thing here. They're pulling out the cots. I haven't heard anyone actually say that. But let's get into it right now with the two voices you want to hear from right now. And for the first time back together in the new year, our signature panel, Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis. Uh, Rick, this was not a good weekend for Kevin McCarthy. It's been getting worse today. What's going to happen as this goes to additional rounds? Oh, I think that we can anticipate many additional rounds. We talked earlier today, Joe, on balance of power about how many uh, ballots this could take or whether it would be an all-nighter. And right now I'd have to say we're headed toward an all-nighter. It's obviously not in um, uh, Kevin McCarthy's interest to to take a recess or to uh, slow down this vote in the sense that You know, the last thing you want to do is give people time to coalesce around anybody else. That is the strength of his position right now, is that no matter how many times we take a vote, he's really the only one on the ballot. And what the Jordan votes represent are the anti-Kevin McCarthy vote right now. And and they don't have a uh, real candidate to, to cling to, so they're just making their voices known that they oppose Kevin McCarthy. He's got to figure out a way to start busting into that group. And as you point out, uh, Joe, they lost Byron Donalds uh, from Florida. Uh, I would hope that they would have Donald Trump calling him up. He's a neighboring (laughs) district to Mar-a-Lago. I mean, like, who's running this show? What's happening here? I mean, why would they start losing votes like that? Yes. So uh, I I think we're really seeing a, a bit of a meltdown right now. Maybe he was talking to another uh, guy from Florida. Congressman Matt Gates is the reason why, or at least the initial reason why, uh, Jim Jordan's name got up there on the board as he addressed the floor. Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person for Speaker of the House because he wouldn't fight us when we try to get a term limits bill on the floor. 
Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person because he wouldn't fight us when we try to put a balanced budget on the floor and vote for it. And maybe Jim Jordan is the right person because he would endorse the plan that was built by the Texas delegation to finally secure our border. Wow, Jeannie, are we going to be in a situation where the opposition grows further in additional rounds? It has been going in the completely wrong direction for Kevin McCarthy at this point, and I think we could see that. You mentioned Donald's. We may see others from the Freedom Caucus who decided, hey, we voted for McCarthy on the first round. We may need to look elsewhere at this point, because as you look from the first to the last round, the opposition is consolidating, and that is a big problem for Kevin McCarthy. I am not sure plowing ahead is in Kevin McCarthy's best interest at this point. You know, he has a real challenge on his hand as I listen to Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise both nominate him on the floor. From my view, they were not focused on extolling the virtues of Kevin McCarthy as a potential speaker. They seem to me more to be talking about what they might want to do if they were put up there. So I think he's got a real problem on his hands as it pertains to the fact somebody else, we don't know who yet, may be able to consolidate in a way he can't. So I just don't see how this turns out well at all for Kevin McCarthy in the end. So what's the strategy here, Rick? I realize he doesn't want members to leave and conspire on some new plan or find some so-called unity candidate, although you'd think they would have emerged by now if such a thing existed, if he, in fact, wasn't it. But is this simply about running out the clock, about wearing people down, making them hungry and wanting to go home? Uh, that That is the apparent strategy, right? Everybody's still sitting in their chair. A few people are in a cloakroom probably, yeah. you know, getting something to eat. But uh, the reality is we're into our fourth ballot. They've been at this all day. And there's no indication that there's going to be a break. And if there is one, uh, you really got a question as to, you know, uh, what is Kevin McCarthy going to be able to accomplish? Uh, I, I don't think he's got a really good hand to play here. He's going to be telling people over and over and over the same thing, which is, you know, I'm going to be speaker and I will take it out on you if you don't cave and come vote for me. Um, There's no more gimmies. There's no more benefits. All these people like uh, the newest uh, person who's just bailed out, Byron Donald, doesn't even have an ask. I mean, from what we can tell, he's just following uh, the herd and the herd, uh, you know, that's been sitting on, you know, 19 anti Kevin McCarthy votes, which he makes 20. So, uh, Kevin is going to have to really turn up the heat and start showing these guys what kind of uh, you know negative consequences there is to opposing the chair. And uh, I don't think probably he's made that particularly well known. If anything, um, you know we're seeing a lot more of Chip Roy out there talking to reporters between right. each break, uh, talking about what's wrong with Kevin McCarthy, and we don't see any Kevin McCarthy people out there talking about why this is hurting the Republican caucus. So I'm not exactly sure what his strategy is internally, but it's pretty clear he's abdicating the public comments to the opposition group. Chip Roy also threw his hat in for Jim Jordan, uh, the congressman from Texas. He spoke on the floor a short time ago. Jim has said he doesn't want that nomination, and Jim has been down here nominating Kevin, and I respect that. And again, I have no personal animus towards Kevin. And I've worked for the last two months to try to figure out how to get the rules to make this place better, and we've made progress. But we do not have the tools or the leadership yet to stop the swamp for rolling over the American people. Jim has been doing it. He has a track record of doing it. And for those reasons, I am nominating Jim Jordan from Ohio for Speaker of the House. There you have it. And he got, what, 20 votes. 20 Republicans soaked up just like that, Jeannie. The problem is, and Rick illustrated this really well, uh, there's just nothing in some cases 
that Kevin McCarthy can offer the no votes. There's no ask, as Rick put it. It's not like he, this this motion to vacate is going to somehow change the outcome here. Or I don't know, you tell me if he lowers it to one member, is that is that what we're in for tonight? We may be in for it, but it's not going to work. He has given away the store. He is basically naked out there with nothing else to offer. And this has been the problem for him right along. The Never Kevin group, which is growing, they don't want Kevin McCarthy. They don't care what else happens. They do not want him. And this goes back many, many years. So he really has had no sway over them. I think a lot of questions are going to be asked in, in as we go forward and look back on this, whether he made a mistake in terms of giving up everything with no guarantees of support in return, apparently, from this group. And the other thing I think in my mind is this is starting to feel a bit like Groundhog Day. They're taking these votes. It's working against Kevin McCarthy. At some point, do responsible members from the moderate middle who are supporting McCarthy now go to him and say, in the cloakroom or wherever it is, we got to find somebody else. Kevin, we love you, but this is not working out because he simply doesn't look like he can get there now. I mean, I thought earlier today it was going to be an uphill battle and I wasn't hopeful he could get there it's looking increasingly less likely at this but doesn't point. he give you the reality check at that point and say look Rick I got over 200 votes nobody else can come close to that I may not be getting 218 but no one has the base of support that I have in in the house how did that how could that change tonight I'm not sure it does change tonight. I think that um, a group of Republicans who are his supporters could go to him and say, hey, look, you know, the writing's on the wall. You you can't get there. And then the question he's going to ask is, so who is going to get there? Because anybody who would make the moderates happy, and when we say moderates, we're really talking non-right-wing nut conservatives. <laughs> um, and, and, and what they want is Kevin McCarthy. They don't, they don't want Scalise. They don't want Stefanik. They don't want Jim Jordan especially. And so you're not going to make the 200 happy by putting somebody else on who will make the 20 happy. I mean, that's just not going to happen. And so the strength of the situation that McCarthy has is he does have 202 votes that right now are only for him. They're not for anybody else. And so uh, even if a group of Republicans who are his supporters go, they've got to find a way to do a count where whoever they suggest replace him is going to be able to get those votes. And right now, I don't think there's anybody even asking that question. Rick, is there that much daylight between Kevin McCarthy and, and Scalise when it comes to this conversation, who's considered mainstream or, or somehow credible enough to have this job uh, within no, the but, caucus? But I think within the caucus, um, there's less support uh, for Scalise than there is for McCarthy. I mean, there is daylight. And, yeah. and, and there's just as many mainstreamers who don't want Scalise as there are uh, right-wingers who don't want McCarthy. And so there's your loggerhead. It's really not how how to make these guys on the right happy. It's the reality is the minute you make them happy, you make everybody else unhappy. And that's that's really the game that McCarthy's playing is sooner or later I can wear down 20 if I continue to keep my 202. I guess uh, Donald Trump working the phones a few weeks back, as it had been reported, Jeannie, uh, did not help Are we going to learn that it made things worse? We may at this point. I mean, the stunning thing is we're in a place where Jim Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Donald Trump all support Kevin McCarthy. I mean, he wouldn't have thought that could happen, and he's <laughs> still incredible. losing. I mean, it's an incredible you know reality here. His power seems to have waned with this group. They are out going on their own. They simply don't want Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, I'm not sure we can trust that when Donald Trump was calling them, if he was, that he was putting his heart and soul behind Kevin McCarthy— 
because let's face it, Kevin McCarthy has flipped on Donald Trump in the past as well. I'm not confident they would, you know, listen when he talked about, you know, what did he call him? My Kevin? That may have you know, Kevin. subsided a long time ago. You do wonder, Rick, if, if you know, there was a, a, a there were a couple of winks uh, and a few nods when those phone calls were made. You know, please support my Kevin unless you have something better to do. Yeah, no, I think McCarthy just played his hand wrong post, you know, January 6th when he went down to Mar-a-Lago and cut this deal to help win a majority and to be speaker. And he barely won the majority. And there's probably not a member on the floor today uh, who's sitting there wondering, what should I do to make Donald Trump happy? They're all about their own agenda inside the House to say that all politics is local right now, local is a, you know, 100 square foot <laughs> space on the floor of the House of Representatives. And no that's doubt. the game to play. I Truly the center of the outside influence. God's going to happen. They're basically locked in together here, Jeannie. And I do want to remind everybody, this is the beginning of the 118th Congress. There's also a Democratic Party. They actually elected their leader in Hakeem Jeffries today, which was a huge moment for Democrats. And they just seem like they're they're having a good time sitting around watching all this happen. They are. You know, they have been cheering. They have been, you know, 212 solid every time for for Hakeem Jeffries. It's a historic moment for Hakeem Jeffries, for the country, the first African-American to lead a caucus like this in the House. And, you know, they are soaking it up. There is no better way to start the 118th for Democrats than the disarray on the Republican side. Unbelievable. I can hear it in your voice, Jeannie. My goodness. (laughs) Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano are back. Straight ahead as we also add Lisa Camusa Miller to the conversation, former comms director for the Republican National Committee, wondering what she's been thinking. Remember last time we spoke, she said, watch Steve Scalise. This is Bloomberg. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. 
So it's three up and three down so far for Kevin McCarthy. Yes, we are now going to the fourth ballot in the U.S. House. And well, from the sounds of things, many more to follow to kick off the new Congress. Pursuant to the 20th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, for the meeting of the 118th Congress of the United States, there it is. the House will come to order. Yes, the 118th, and they're still going. Live sound from the House of Representatives. Imagine all your favorite lawmakers locked into one room on this first day of the session and can't do anything until they elect a speaker. Granted, at some point they might take a break. Maybe they go back to their chambers, start making other plans. Maybe they come back tomorrow. But the strategy so far is to keep things going as long as possible. That could be all night. I suspect the takeout, and by that I mean the wine, will be arriving shortly. Be interesting to see the hallway outside of the offices tomorrow. That's a different story. Hey, look, it's a late night. You know, they pull the cots out. We're going to the mattresses in a different way. Uh, by the way, that second ballot did make history for the first time in a hundred years. The last time a speaker election went more than one ballot was 1923, when Speaker Frederick Gillette of Massachusetts, a Republican, was reelected on what was the ninth ballot. So we're, you know, not even halfway there. This has been a bit of an ongoing conversation, a rolling conversation throughout the day, and looking forward to adding Lisa Camuso Miller's voice to it. The former communications director for the Republican National Committee is with us here. Lisa, thanks so much for coming by. And first of all, Happy New Year. It's great to hear you back. We've been knee deep in this all day. I'm just curious to get your first blush response to knowing that this is not just going to a second ballot. This could go all night. Does that improve or worsen Kevin McCarthy's no. chances. Joe, we're going in the wrong direction. And yep. by we, I mean Kevin McCarthy. Uh, on this third ballot, they lost another vote, a vote mm-hmm. that was a McCarthy vote that went to Jim Jordan. Uh, 17 years ago, I worked in the Speaker's Communications Office. I have sat in these halls and waited and ha- had that cold takeout myself for so many nights, I, <laughs> I can't even begin to count. But this is a night that is Well, the only thing I can hope for all of us is that we're not looking at a repeat from 1856, which was the which was the time when it took two months and 133 ballots to get to a speaker. You think this news media would allow for this? I can't imagine anything like it. But, you know, we could be here for more than tonight, I suppose, Lisa, if if Kevin McCarthy continues to see deterioration as he has been. Uh, through several rounds now so far. Where are we going? I know Jim Jordan's name has been up there. We haven't seen anybody at least formally uh, going for Steve Scalise, but I know that's a name that you were looking at weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it's one that I'm not the only one who said Steve Scalise because there has been some um, conversation about him as the whip because he is so widely regarded and well regarded amongst the conference. But, you know, uh, candidates like Jordan, candidates like Scalise, they have problems with the moderates. And so I'm not sure that for the 20 votes that have been for Jim Jordan, whether they would come back and be for a Scalise, maybe there'd be other attrition where we would lose others for his candidacy. But the one thing that I'm hearing from the Hill, Joe, today is members now, they're fatigued. They've been at this since since noon today, five hours in, and they are ready to go back into closed doors. Because I can't be the first person to say this on air today. I mean, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. So he could just be annoying people into oblivion here and making it worse, uh, I guess, 
potentially in every round. It's been interesting to hear from the lawmakers whose names have been mentioned. And of course, there aren't too many of them, as we just uh, referred, Lisa, Steve Scalise, uh, who, you know, says, don't look at me. Let's meet the challenges that the American people sent all of us, not just the Republicans, not just the Democrats, but all 434, soon to be 435 of us. We can meet those challenges, but let's start by electing Kevin McCarthy as our next speaker. Okay, there you go. That was several hours ago, by the way. Jim Jordan, who got 20 votes in the last round. The differences between Joyce and Jordan or Biggs and Bacon, they pale in comparison to the differences between us and the left, which now unfortunately controls the other party. So we had better... We had better come together. Better come together. And he says, vote for Kevin McCarthy. Is that what you're supposed to do, uh, Lisa? Even if people are whispering in your ear, you have to publicly support McCarthy until it's just too late. You know, Joe, what struck me about both of those speeches that they, is that they both sounded like speeches of uh, someone who might like to be speaker themselves. Um, they were very much about mm-hmm. uniting the party, uniting the, the House of Representatives, working together on important issues. And then, oh, by the way, it's we need to get together behind Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, um, right. And that, I think, is something that's interesting. I actually, it caught my breath when um, Matt Gates stood up and nominated Jordan after Jordan's speech. Not that I think Gates is a statesman or really anybody who's interested in anything other than advancing his own name, but I felt like that was a move that was calculated and was choreographed. And that's what has now got us to a place where it's between McCarthy and Jordan on the ballot at this point. Listen to the way, Lisa, Matt Gates made the case against Kevin McCarthy. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Sold shares of the... Is that what this is coming down? I mean, this is beyond personality contest if we're calling into his credibility on the table here in this conversation. Is it not, Lisa? Yeah, there's a lot of criticism of of Kevin McCarthy and his closeness to K Street. Um, that Freedom Caucus is absolutely uh, not at all interested in in kowtowing to the lobbying uh, efforts of really any industry. They're willing to just about blow anything up. Clearly, they're yeah. willing to blow up the House of Representatives today. Um, so, yeah, that is one thing that is a big criticism of Kevin McCarthy is that this Freedom Caucus just thinks he's too close to to corporate America. We're talking with Lisa Camusa Miller, and there's a breaker here, Lisa. Here we go. Republicans are now adjourning until noon Wednesday. The House adjourns until noon on Wednesday amid standoff over electing Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. This is okay. So we're not going to have an all nighter here on the floor, but those phones are going to be ringing all night. That's exactly right. And it's going to be it's going to be the kind of night where there will be a lot of conversations that will happen. Um, it'll be it'll be amazing to see. But I do think you're right. I think it's going to go very late. I think they're smart to say that it's not going to be till noon tomorrow because over and over again, we've seen no change. There's been no concessions. And I'm not necessarily convinced that those 20 can be convinced for McCarthy. And that's why I think there's going to be some um, discussion behind the scene about what other kind of what other candidate could potentially be a consensus candidate for well, the party. I'm glad you mentioned that I mean, we were talking about this before you joined us, Lisa. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything Kevin McCarthy can offer at least a dozen of these members. How does that change overnight? 
I don't think it can. I mean, I really, I just don't think that there's a path forward here. I think what also concerns me, Joe, is if he does in fact figure out what it is that's the carrot that's going to get these guys to get motivated and get behind him, how difficult will it be? He's already voted or he's already said that he would uh, be okay with the um, motion to vacate, which is the vote could come just to one unhappy member of Congress. We've already got 20. This is not a, this is not a recipe for success for the House of Representatives and the 118th Congress. Really glad you could come in, uh, as always. Lisa Camusa Miller, former communications director for the RNC. Thank you, Lisa. Let's reassemble the panel. My goodness, every time you turn around, it's an update today. So Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano are back. Uh, Rick, we've got till noon Wednesday. And yes, I know it's weird for a shortened week for some people. That's tomorrow. What happens between now and then? Well, I think that there'll be a lot of conversations, as you were just talking about. Uh, I'm sure there'll be meetings. Uh, I doubt if McCarthy and his team will leave the House of Representatives. They'll be working overnight. Uh, And uh, and it'll be interesting to see if there's any daylight there. Uh, I think this lets some of the pressure off if they do. Uh, indeed, recess. Uh, and uh, and I think that if they do, they're going to have to chase a lot of people around town because if you're one of the 20 that just voted against him, you're going to disappear. You're going to be very hard to get hold of. And so it'll be calling their friends and, 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 and frankly, financial supporters. I mean, this will be an all out. Uh, campaign tonight that's going to take place that's going to put enormous pressure on 20 people and irony is you know they're the ones who seem to want this recess that's the worst thing for them because now they're going to get the impact of the entire republican establishment on them and Mm -hmm. maybe that's something they don't care about but it includes a lot of their own supporters He's going to wake up to some interesting headlines tomorrow that he prefer not wake up to and probably didn't expect to. I don't know, maybe he saw this in the cards, uh, Jeannie, Uh, but Kevin McCarthy uh, is going to have an awfully difficult time changing the conversation tonight. He might be able to go back around and talk to a lot of people, but what's going to be different between now and noon tomorrow? Well, I don't know if he's going to be able to change the the minds of these 20, but I, I am watching for one thing. Could the House agree to a resolution to let the Speaker be elected by a plurality? It's been done twice in American history, obviously before the Civil War. If they were able to do that, he may come up on an election, and that's if they can't find somebody to get to the 218. And that seems hard to imagine who that would be. So watch for potentially, although the entire House would have to agree to it, a resolution to elect by plurality. That is something that could potentially help them out of this difficult situation, assuming they can't change the hearts and minds of this 20, and it doesn't look like they can. Incredible. So breaking news here, if you're just joining us, especially I want you to know that uh, Republicans in the House have adjourned until noon tomorrow. It's going to start all over again with balance of power on Wednesday. Kevin McCarthy did not have the votes to survive three rounds. You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. 
It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Well, so much for the late night. Maybe they'll be out whining and dining, but they won't be voting at least. Not on this first day of the 118th Congress. Three is enough for Kevin McCarthy. He didn't get the votes, and they've called it a night. No person having received the majority of the whole number of votes cast by surname, a speaker has not been elected. For what purpose does the gentleman from Oklahoma rise? I move to adjourn until noon tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The question is on the motion. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those opposed, no. <laughs> Was that Kevin McCarthy? The ayes have it. The motion is adopted. All right. The House stands adjourned until noon tomorrow. Get the language right there. Noon tomorrow. They teed it up for balance of power. That is where we will begin for another day uh, in this new Congress. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Welcome to Sound On, the fastest hour in politics. It's so fast. We ran out of time on this thing. We thought it would be an all-nighter. That is kind of where we were going, and we've been spending time with our signature panel, who we will hear from again. Mick Mulvaney joins us, co-founding member of the Freedom Caucus, former acting chief of staff in the Trump White House, former assistant U.S. attorney. Spent enough time in the Republican House to have a sense of what's going on now, and certainly is enough of a player in the party at this point to understand why the opposition to Kevin McCarthy and I appreciate your Mick for being here. Is it the right thing to adjourn for the night? Um, I don't know. Um, I, yes, because um, I think if the decision was made in order to bring some pressure on the Never Kevin people, I think that was the right decision. They're getting just pilloried um, by uh, talk radio, by cable news, um, by social media. The likes of uh, Mark Levin and uh, Laura Ingram are just ripping these people yeah. because they don't have a plan. Um, you know, I, listen, I, I don't think those those folks are necessarily huge supporters of, of Kevin McCarthy, um, but they don't want to make it look like the Republicans are complete idiots when it comes to running the country. And that's sort of the message, you know, that's coming out of the House today is that uh, we don't tough. know how to govern. And that's not a good thing for our brand. When you zoom out, though, do you see anybody else who could pull over 200 votes each round, which Kevin McCarthy did? I realize he's losing support here in, in these uh, these first three rounds. But who else is there, Mick? No, and that's the question I've asked the, the Never Kevin people. I know most of these folks. I've been friends with these folks. I'm like, guys, who? who, who and they, they won't give me a name. You know, they nominated Jim Jordan a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And Jim is a great guy. And I would vote for Jim Jordan all day long if I were in the House. But Jim can't get elected. He cannot get the 218 votes that we expect people are going to need. There's going to be five or six 
moderates, liberals within the Republican Party for whom Jim is, not, is just not acceptable. Um, my guess is if it's not Kevin, it will end up being a compromised candidate more towards the Democrat side of my party, more something um, like a Fred Upton. And I've used Fred's name. I use that you know, with a smile on my face because Fred's a friend of mine, but he's a very moderate Republican. Um, that that's going to be who you end up with because it'll be a coalition of Republicans and Democrats electing the speaker, not the Republicans. And that's what I fear is the end result here of this opposition to Kevin McCarthy is you get somebody who is even less acceptable to the conservative wing of the party, and that would be a shame. How does that play out? Is that the conversation that, that takes place tonight, Mick? Is that a name, for instance, or, or, or you know, pick another unity candidate if there's such a thing that emerges in, in the early stages of voting tomorrow? It's the kind of it's the conversations I've been trying to drive today. You know, I'm talking to say Dan Bishop. Dan's a friend of mine. We went to law school together. Huh. Um, he's got the district right across where I live back home, and I, I know Dan. Know him very well. And I'm asking Dan, you know, give me a name, uh, and I, he won't give me a name. There, 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 there is no name. I don't think. I think they're playing checkers. They really don't like Kevin McCarthy. Um, and that's about it. Um, Everyone keeps asking why, uh, Mick. I know this is more complicated than it being a so-called Freedom Caucus thing. What is the problem with Kevin McCarthy? Let's be clear. It's not a Freedom Caucus thing. The majority of the Freedom Caucus voted for Kevin McCarthy three times today. So, no, a lot of these folks, not all of them, a lot of these folks who opposed Kevin are in the Freedom Caucus, but this is not a Freedom Caucus sort of rebellion. I don't know what the objection is. You know, when I talked to um, uh, Ralph Norman, my congressman in South Carolina, I said, you know, why are you doing this? He goes, well, we're losing our country. I'm like, okay, I guess I I agree with that. He goes, you know, we're we're drowning in debt. I'm like, I I get that, but tell me how, you know, not voting for Kevin McCarthy solves that. And there's no response to that. There's just a lot of personal animus that I don't understand, and that's not a good reason to vote one way in this building. Um, Sometimes you have to put your personal preferences aside. Um, and, and, you know, vote your head and not your heart. And I just don't see them doing that right now. This is incredible to hear as we spend some time with uh, Mick Mulvaney. Are you surprised Donald Trump uh, couldn't turn this around by working the phones a little bit more? Did that turn into a liability? Yeah, I've heard he actually is on the phone a little bit. I don't think it's a liability um, because I think he knows. I mean, Donald Trump's still one of the best, you know, gut politicians I've ever met in my entire life. Say what you want to around him. He's got a lot of weaknesses, but he's a pretty good politician. Anybody that runs for president one time and wins the first time through is going to prove that, I think. Uh, he knows that if McCarthy loses, McC- Trump will also be one of the losers here because regardless of the work that he might or might have not done in the last 24 hours, everybody knows that he supports Kevin McCarthy. So these people are actually thumbing their nose at the president. And if McCarthy loses, it will be just another blow to, to, to Trump's reputation and to his credibility and to his electability. He, he was a huge, took a huge hit in the midterms. And not being able to get his guy elected Speaker of the House would be yet another blow that would just embolden his, his opponent. Wow. Did Democrats pick up the phone tonight, Mick? Is, is, there, is there a strategy here for Hakeem Jeffries and his early going to strike a deal that might help their minority status? Yeah, I was over uh, in the Senate today. All the new members get sworn in in the Senate because it's functioning properly. Uh, swore in the new members. I was talking to some friends of mine. I bumped into a Democrat on the train coming back, and he just sort of looked at me and says, Mick, when uh, – when are you guys going to call us? Uh, and I think that's, wow. they, that's what they're waiting for, is they're waiting for a phone call from some group of Republicans as to uh, figuring out a way to hammer out a deal. We did this when I was in the state legislature back in South Carolina, and uh, we had somebody who ran speaker at about a third of the support of the Republicans and cut a deal with the Democrats and ended up giving them uh, a couple committee chairs to do it. So certainly the precedent is there many, many times over uh, to cut deals to get speakerships. And my guess is Hakeem is, uh, is going to answer his phone for anybody that wants to call in tonight. <laughs> 
Incredible. What a way to make a living. Uh, great conversation. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, it's great to hear your voice again. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming back in to talk to us on what I know is a very busy day. Uh, Rick Davis, what's your thought on that? Is that happy talk or is there something actually that Democrats might be able to carve out for themselves by supporting someone else? Well, sure. Um, you know, Democrats are looking at a pretty bleak agenda if Republicans uh, are in power and they have a, a, a speaker who will uh, govern in a way that uh, McCarthy wants to. I mean, would it be a rules deal, though? I mean, it's not like they're going to make a deal on comprehensive immigration reform tonight or something like that. Well, they can make a deal on chairmanships. You know, it's kind of like the power sharing agreement that uh, yeah. that was done between in the Senate last yeah. cycle when there was an even split between the, the committees and. And, and the reality is nothing stops them from doing the same thing. And by the way, they, they're really keen on things like the Judiciary Committee and what investigations are going to go on. Uh, do they get influence on, you know, maybe killing some of those investigations and, and, and focusing on other issues like, you know, uh, the debt ceiling that's coming up right, and sure. getting a deal cut on that? So, look, anything goes. I mean, look, one of the things that, that everybody uh, needs to understand is the minute someone's name is put into – uh, nomination uh, like Jim Jeffers or Jim Jordan's, uh, they don't they don't have anything to say about it. So anybody right. can be nominated right now, and Indeed. no telling what the Democrats will do. Boy, we'll uh, be hearing more from Rick and Jeannie Shanzano with some final thoughts here. By the way, you know, uh, members aren't sworn in until they get a speaker. That goes for George Santos, who's been sitting in the chamber. We'll get into that next on Sound On. This is Bloomberg. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. George Santos realized his American dream today as he at last arrived in Washington. Do you have any statements to your constituents? There were a lot of reporters waiting for him. Do you have any statements to your constituents? This is life in the hallway outside of George Santos' office. The congressman-elect. Whose fabrications, of course, became public after he was elected in New York. Federal and local officials now pursuing investigations into the many discrepancies and questions about his finances, including those of his campaign. He's admitted to making up much of his resume, including that he graduated from college Worked for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup and is Jewish. He, of course, went on Fox to defend himself. I understand everybody wants to nitpick at me. I'm going to reassure this once and for all. I'm not a facade. I'm not a persona. I, I have an extensive career that I worked really hard to achieve. And there he was, not just in the hall, but in the chamber, sitting in the chamber with a nice sort of sweater jacket routine going as other members with their families watched what was happening. And so now there's, of course, a call by many for him to resign. George Santos has perpetrated a complete and total fraud on our community. He was enabled and supported by the entire Nassau County machine, Republican machine, and his Republican running mates. Democratic State Senator Anna Kaplan at an event the end of last week on Long Island, but he still showed up today. And you're right, Jeannie Shanzano. He did say in that interview, and he said it in other places, he's not Jewish, he's Jewish. I'm not sure that's helping. 
He'll be seated, though, right? Was that your expectation? Oh, to me, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for sound, Joe Matthews. No, I just curious to know from you. Piece. Uh, he will be seated. Um, yes, you're right. He's not Jewish. He's Jewish, mm-hmm. which was one of the many lies. Um, they can't even call him fabrications anymore. And I have to tell you that reporters seem to be the only ones who want to talk to him on Capitol Hill. When you watched him on the floor, he looked very lonely amongst his Republican colleagues. He did. Sitting by himself, yawning and stretching and having very little interaction, except those reporters who want to know if and when he'll resign. He will be seated. He will not resign. Ethics may look into him, but Republicans don't want to have a fight in that district right now for a special election. They will likely lose it. It's a it's a Democratic district and it long has been. So pay attention uh, to nothing here, Rick. Move right along. Nothing to see. By the way, we have this wild speaker drama going on. Watch that instead. Yeah, I don't know what would be more interesting, although he's probably the one guy who's still sitting in the chamber because the minute he walks out of there, he's going to get hit by an avalanche of media who's been chasing no him around doubt. all day today. So he he may be the one guy who said, no, 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 don't adjourn. So whomever uh, becomes speaker then, Rick, uh, what does the Republican Party do with this? Do you truly just ignore it because you need the vote? Well, you, you're going to need the vote. Uh, for a while. Um, and I think you got to contemplate, you know, just how much baggage this guy brings. I mean, he, yeah. it, 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 the reality is there are investigations into sort of where his money came from. And mm-hmm. and that's not going to look good for Republicans. Uh, but look, I mean, it's triage, right? We've got a patient yeah. whose heart Fair is stopped. <laughs> There's Fair nobody enough. who's getting sworn in until we get a speaker. And so, so Jeannie, what's until New we York get a speaker, who cares? <laughs> well, New York is responsible for this. I mean, there's the reason that Republicans have the House, you could argue, is because of New York. This was a failure all around from the Democratic Party that, you know, unfortunately, the lack of local media there to really investigate this and the Republican Party as well. So, you know, the, the people in this district are rightly frustrated. They would like him out for the most part. So glad to have Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis with us on a day like this. I feel like we're going to do it again tomorrow. Is it really only Tuesday? Hey, Happy New Year, you guys. Great to be back together. We'll figure this out. We'll at least live through it together. I'm Joe Matthew, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.